It's snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. Pistachios are known for their protein power, fiber, and better for you unsaturated fats for a combination that may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Wonderful Pistachios is a good source of protein with zero gill. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. I love that they come in a variety of sizes and flavors, making this the perfect protein snack for any on-the-go adventure. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Welcome back to the Flow Track Podcast. My name is Lincoln Shrike. He is Gordon Mack. <clears throat> it is Friday, December the 4th. First podcast for me and Gordon together. What seems like a very, very long time. How are you doing today, Gordon? Yeah, first one in the month of December at least. And the first podcast together in the 200s. What number podcast is this? What, 202, 203? Something like that? I think it's two o number 203. Yeah, I was really upset that I couldn't be a part of episode 200 because I wanted to do my favorite 200, uh, 200 meter marks. That was going to be the theme of the show or my favorite two flat times. So like Ilya Kipchoge running two flat oh, in, wow. uh, on the, on a racetrack and like keep on coming up with a bunch of two flat, like the first 2.00 meter women's high jump. It would have been a great, great pod, but I was in California, so I couldn't be part of it. But you guys did a good job without me. You only talked mm. behind my back a few times, so it wasn't that just a couple. Just, just a, couple. a couple. It's just always it's just always uh incredibly tempting to joke about you and uh and bring bring you up when, when you're not on the podcast. And you know, maybe you can be a part of episode three hundred and I don't know go. what you talk about your favorite 300 meter performances of all time. There's only like five of them, so well, that could be a it could be an easy podcast, I suppose. What we could do though is every number. So it's number. Is this actually number two hundred three that we're at? Yeah, we confirm that. So we could do. What is your favorite uh, two hundred three moment in track and field? Right. So it would have to be, a, be a women's high jump, right? Women's high jump. I mean, yeah. who was the first two hundred three marathoner? That that's a thing, right? Oh, yeah. Or my, a my two hundred three. Yeah, it could be a, a famous two hundred three. Like I'm gonna go back to when I ran two hundred three in high school, like my sophomore the year, eight hundred in the eight hundred. That's a great two hundred three moment. I mean, that's in the yeah. top ten for sure. So mm-hmm. maybe we can start thinking about that. We'll try to find two the our episode number in track and field, and we have to come up with a. You know, great moments in two hundred three in track and field, history. so mm-hmm. in history. So, but yeah. yeah, well, I I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but you're right. I think the marathon would open the best conversation. I don't know if a two hundred three high jump, albeit a great mark, is going to necessarily be a super interesting conversation. But you mentioned two hundred, and I feel feel like it's a good place to start uh, because today, in a kind of surprising move at least in my eyes, the Diamond League announced for 2021, they're reinstating all the events that they eliminated last year with to a bunch of criticism. So the steeple is back, the 5K, the 200, the triple jump and the discus, all back part of the program. It was a big win for athlete advocates like Christian Taylor. Uh, I know Valerie Adams was mentioned, the the, uh, New Zealand shot putter as a big advocate for bringing events back although her event was not necessarily effective, but um, 
this was surprising. They made such a big uh, effort push last year to get these events out in the sense that, well, we're trying to make a more condensed program, 90 minutes, not two hours more watch watchable these athletes that aren't in the that can't do the 200 steeple 5k and triple jump and you know they could do other events this that and the other we had to cut some events because there's too much overlap well now the athletes had an uproar and they are back and the program is once again two hours what's your reaction to the diamond league reinstating these events they shouldn't have caved to the pressure <laughs> i know that's we well, know uh, lyle's in the 200 though I know, but like, why not see Noah Lyles in a hundred more often? We already know he's good in the two. Let's see him get his hundred time better. You know, if he wants to be the next Usain Bolt, he can't be a two hundred meter runner. He needs to be a hundred meter runner. I mean, that's the whole purpose of the whole getting rid of these events was like the all an all time great steepler is not the same as an all time great miler or five k runner or you know so. Triple jump, like, oh, the long jump is more prestigious than the triple jump. You know, what I'm trying to say is there's a lot of duplicating events, and I know some people really love doubling and tripling at track meets, but there is something about... I don't know, maybe that you know, tripled at a Diamond League, but... I know, but, I mean, when you speak specifically about the 200, it would be super annoying if every Diamond League, Christian Coleman is winning the 100, in this in this world that Coleman is running, Christian Coleman is winning the hundred, <laughs> and Noah Lyles is winning the two hundred, and that's just like what we're seeing every time. It's like why don't they race each other? Oh, because they just they don't need to. Yeah, well, why don't we make them? Oh, well, they get to do two different events, but they're both sprinters. Nah, there's two different sprinting events, which doesn't make, there's not two different basketball games. There's one basketball game, right? There should be one sprinting event. I think that's my unpopular opinion. Uh, they caved. I think they'll go back in a year or two to be like, all right, we're lowering events because I have always been an advocate. The track and field should not be 18 events. If you want our sport to be popular, it needs to be a simpler sport. And I think people who are diehard track fans saying like, we don't need to conform. You're just like, you don't love the true essence of athletics. <clears throat> and I'm just like, yeah. no, it's not about that. It's like, no one, like, there's a reason, like, like it's the same reason why like why like that no one really gets excited for the world half marathon championships. I know you guys try to get as excited as you could this past year, but like in the end, nothing will compare to the marathon. Like half marathon, woo, like no one is like getting up to like DVR the half marathon championships the way they would a major marathon or an Olympic trial marathon. I know it's an unpopular opinion, but I just think yeah, yeah. less event no, and I means more focus on more – gets more eyes on the same thing. It's not diluted. We shouldn't dilute <laughs> our product. And we're diluting it by yeah. not letting Noah Lyles race the best 100-meter runner or, you know. Yeah. So I understand, you know, people have jobs in world athletics and they want to accomplish things and trying to make fundamental changes to the way the product is presented to the fans – you know, you look at it from a popularity standpoint, you say, well, what can it hurt? Okay, the athletes may get upset, but we are clearly lagging behind, well behind any any team sports. Like, it's worth it to try to shorten the program, make it a short and sweet type of a fan experience. But at the same time, I think you realize that things changes as they did, cutting events, 
is more about you know it's kind of cutting off your nose to spite your face type of a situation where you wonder what does it actually achieve other than agitating the specific athletes and i think there was enough negative pr from uh you know people like christian taylor and i think of emma coburn saying she's not going to run in the diamond league that's just kind of like what's the purpose i mean we're cutting cutting away 30 minutes from a meet and it's not like we're going to see a ton of tangible difference i understand they took that survey or they put out that survey where people said oh these are our least favorite events and in uh across all the disciplines of track and field all the all the event uh subgroups but uh I just don't think even in the small sample size of 2020 with the, with everything being shortened, I don't think you could say that this was going to make any tangible impact to increase the popularity of the sport. So at that point, if that's the case, why are you continuing to, to cut these down? Maybe they were trying to save money, but again, I don't know how much that's going to do. It just was, I think it's, I think it's a smart decision for them to bring it back simply to keep your athletes engaged and, and, um, not have any distrust for what world athletics is necessarily going to do with the sport going forward. And it's a sign to me that, you know, world athletics is going to listen to, to the athletes. They've taken the criticism and they, they, they are hearing it. And uh, although, you know, I could be swayed one way or the other, like I can, I at the time could listen to the argument. Yeah, we don't need the 200. The people can run the hundred. You know, some people can run the four and the steeple. It's like some of these athletes can run another event and it's kind of a key thing. And the 5K, they've got the 3K. Like I can listen to all that, but you do then wonder what is that actually achieving, getting rid of that? Like, is that making the 1500 more popular? Not necessarily. The 3K, they're going to do that. Well, that's not even a real championship distance. So you just, it just didn't seem to be accomplishing all that they thought it was. And if the biggest thing is it's a drawback for athletes, I just think you have to, you have to walk that back, which they did. Yeah, I agree with you. It is, it's not going to all of a sudden make the viewership numbers go tenfold because they got rid of the 200. <laughs> oh, now everyone grab your popcorn and everyone is yeah, excited yeah. about it. However, I mean, what, 2020 is the first year they did it? Kind so they, of. They never, they never really, really truly, you know, like people say about socialism. Exactly. That's why it's really kind of weird. tried the socialism, right? Hundred <laughs> percent. We haven't that's gone all strange in. thing. So that's, that's the weird part. Thing. Yeah, I think they're just Which trying is, to like create good news so people can be excited. I don't know. Which is odd because things had, you know, there's been other controversies since then. The pandemic has made arguments about taking away certain events. Mm -hmm kind of meaningless so you thought you would have thought well we didn't even we get got to away with try it. this uh, yeah we could i mean people aren't going to complain they have, they would have forgotten that we even cut these events so it's it's interesting obviously they're listening to the athletes though who are still concerned very much concerned about it uh okay I, so I, back to status quo for 2021 yeah i do have one thought though if if world athletics truly wanted to like pr like prove their point they should just release the data from their 2019 World Athletics results page. The results page. They're, mm -hmm. They had the mm -hmm. one source of where all the results are, their live results that they own the rights to. They know how many people clicked on the 100-meter <clears throat> results, the 200-meter results, the 400. 
and they could yeah. show, hey, look, no one is even checking in on this event's results. Why are we investing in an event that no one in the cares about the who the world champion is for, right? You and, think that is a foolproof method of, of just looking at the traffic numbers of results? You think that's foolproof? I mean, side of popularity. It makes sense, right? If no one is going to check, a lot of people watch the event instead of looking at the results. I don't know. Yeah, but the yeah, there's people watch event, but like you can also look at that like viewership numbers at any moment and like how many view like when they up put up every archive of every event. Look at the YouTube numbers, right? You could literally put together how many people watch the archive videos on YouTube for every event. Yeah. You can look at viewership spikes during timestamps and the and then uh how many people look at the results. I say this because I've done this before. There was a point when we had the results for I think the twenty fifteen USA champs. Okay. Or sixteen or seventeen. One of the USA champs. And I don't think we well, we had results page and we had the I had the data. I found the data, basically. I found the data and then I looked at it and it was eye opening to see what results people clicked on, right? To see who won USA's. And it was exactly Mm. what you thought it would be. The 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 result, the events that you think weren't gonna be as popular were at the bottom. The events that you thought would be popular were at the top. And uh, it's kind of, and it's by a lot too. It's like, yeah, it's like if a factor of like if ten thousand people are clicking on a hundred meter result and five hundred people are clicking on, I won't say the event, but there are certain events that people don't care about are clicking on that result. It shows. It's like, wow, why if something is literally almost twenty times more uh, popular. They shouldn't be treated equally, and I think that's what it, Diamond League was trying I, to do. Trying to, I agree. Give more love to other events, but anyway, it's an argument I know I'll never win. But do you think like the powers that be? I was just hold on. Do you think the powers that be of athletics, track and field, continue to keep around events that aren't globally popular simply because they're being nice? <clears throat> like, what is the argument you think for be, carrying events yeah. that are costing? Athletic- bodies money every year and they're trying to make a profit and it's very difficult to do in track and field very hard and they're just like every year it comes up at the at a board meeting or something and they're like we got to get rid of this event we're like no that'll get like 12 people mad like no that's if that's what if that's the case that's that's what they do man i mean yeah these governing bodies aren't allowed to act like a business sometimes they have to act like a you know equal equality equal equal like equal treat everything equally right so they have to give the same amount of love they give to the 100 meter world champion as they give to the race walk world champion right and I use race walk as my ultimate because most people will be like, yeah, why do we still do the race walk? But why do we still do race walk? Yes, there is a part of Twitter that gets really upset that race walks get shit on. They get really upset when race walk didn't have both men and women in a certain event in the Olympics. It's this whole thing, right? Yeah. But like, it is a, what was I going to say? Uh, regardless, it's fine. Oh, like, 
think about this. People are really excited about a meet tonight and tomorrow where there's only two events, the 5K and 10K. But no one is out yeah. there being like, why isn't there the, the 110 hurdles in this event? Because it wouldn't be an exciting event to watch if we also had to watch the 110 hurdles, the 400-meter dash, the 200, the triple jump, the shot put. They, people just want to watch the 5K and the 10K, right? And that right. happens a lot. You have these pop-up mile events. These pop-up mile events don't have people tweeting at them. Where's your pop-up steeple? <clears throat> like, no one is like, like, they get it. Like, hey, you were doing a mile. But like, yeah. and that's what I think the Diamond League was trying to do. They're trying to be like, hey, there is mm -hmm. something about when you hone in on certain things, you know? Yeah. And they were trying to hone in, and people were like, no, 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 you can't hone in. So, anyway. Yeah. You wonder if World Athletics got a message from higher up, like maybe the IOC said, we don't, as approaching an Olympic, I don't know this, but approaching an Olympic year, let's not have this division. I, I, it Because it just seems odd that, a business, like you said, would just listen to athletes simply because they don't want this relatively small amount of negative press. That's just, that doesn't seem like enough incentive <clears throat> to continue to carry an event or an event, <clears throat> sorry, an event series that could be losing you money or is dragging the sport down. It's just, uh, it's strange to me. I understand from from what I'm seeing, why they brought it back, if it really wasn't that making that big a difference on viewership or what. But long-term, I do think track is still due for some trimming at the edges at at the minimum. So, And I know you agree agree with that, even though your opinion is a little bit more extreme than than mine of what needs to be done. Um, <clears throat> sorry, keep clearing my throat. Doing okay. Um, uh, last little news hit before we get started on our main bit of previewing this track meet you were discussing. Uh, 2015 eight, World 800-meter champion Marina Arzamazova of Belarus has been given a four-year ban. Last year, a long time ago now, 2019, she, she got hit with a um, provisional suspension for like an anabolic steroid type of a product. It's called LGD-400. Three three, a muscle growth agent. <laughs> Man, as I'm, I feel like I've got a muscle growth agent in my throat right now. Um, so she has been banned. I mean, her career was effectively over, but uh, it now is particularly over. She's, I believe, thirty two years old. Um, another one bites the dust, Gordon. Yeah, I'll be honest. Didn't know who this person was. I don't. Twenty fifteen world champ. Yeah. I mean, it, clearly she didn't have a lasting impression on her. Her performance didn't have a lasting impression on me. So, yeah. Uh, she won a world title a, in a year in 2015 where Castor Semenya was not at her usual level for, yeah. I think, unfortunately, scientific reasons. Um, and uh, so she snuck in and kind of got a fluky title. But <clears throat> now there is... I would think, you know, not that she's going to get her medal stripped, but much more scrutiny on that, the legitimacy of that 2015 world title, considering that she was doping later on in her career. Can't just assume that, and they won't be able to prove that, but, you know, it uh, when she kind of came out of nowhere back then, and now she, four years on, five years on, has a, has a four-year bust, doesn't look good for the way she's going to be, uh, you know, viewed with in history. 
All right. Yeah, Melissa, Melissa, Melissa Bishop was second in that race, and Eunice Sum was third. Yes. Yeah. It was a, it was an upset, not quite on the level of last year's world champs, uh, where Halima Nakari, Nakai of Uganda won, but you know it was a significant upset nonetheless. All right. So let's move on to our track meet preview, which sounds generic, but that's the name. It's the Sound Running Track Meet starts tonight. And runs through tomorrow, as you mentioned earlier, just 5Ks and 10Ks. Tonight's 5K night in America. Uh, it uh, A bunch of pace groups. You got on the men's side, 14 flat group. What, a 13.45 group, a 13.30 group. And then finally, the 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 uh, premier event, the, the sub-13.15 group. On the women's side, we have a sub-15.30 race. And a sub fifteen ten, and then tomorrow we have five Ks, or excuse me, ten Ks, two for each gender. Where the premier races will be a sub twenty seven thirty attempt for the men and a sub thirty one thirty attempt for the women. A lot of people trying to hit Olympic standards clearly, uh, and man, the the mixture here of college and professional athletes is going to make this really fun. Do you have a spe- specific race you want to start with? Well, I think what we could do is let's just go in order of the yeah. of the of the schedule. Um, every event, okay. every event, even the slower events. If we don't see anyone named that we kind of recognize, we can skip over it. But let's just go in order from okay. first race to last race that ends on Saturday. So first race is a sub fourteen minute race. I don't really know any of these names. I'm guessing some of them are high school not, kids. Not a single one. Yeah, don't know any of them. Maybe the high yeah. school. Maybe I should know this. Uh, but yeah, we'll skip that one. So moving on to the next one, you have the sub-1345 uh, men's race. Uh, looking at this field, I mean, I see some like fringe, like all-American type NCAA athletes. And I see a D2 some... name in there. Oh, who's uh, Carson Bix? Uh, yeah, him too, but I was thinking Charlie Sweeney. I also think uh, former okay. House Majority Leader Paul Ryan. In the, there in the we mix go as well. I'm hopefully he's running with his his weights, uh, but yeah, I see some college kids like Jack Aho. Um, I think Jackson Sharp got moved up to the 1330 race. Um, gotta, hold on, I gotta correct myself. Paul Ryan was the the the, uh, the speaker of uh, the speaker of the house. I would you say? I think House Majority Leader. I think that's different. I, I, I think just the House Majority before. Leader is the speaker of the house. Good. Good. So I corrected myself for no reason. Okay. Well, yeah. go on. It's not actually yeah. that person. It was a joke <laughs> in case anyone at home is, is confused. Just like how there's a Tom Brady who runs like at Michigan right now, which I think is kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, the greatest. The great. So nothing really out of this race. I think you might have Ooh, Carson, the winner. Or, of this me, Carlos Villarreal, though. Yeah. Carlos Villarreal means a miler. I think what we're going to yeah. do, I think the winning time of this race is probably going to be 13 like 48 maybe wow. and it's going to be a college kid and you'll be like hey okay looking good and it's going to be and it's going to be like someone like if i had to pick the winner i bet it's going to be someone like it's really hard to know right it's really hard yeah. to know who's fit and who's not i'd say devin, devin mayer yeah, yeah devin big mayer. that's what, gonna be my best that's Michigan's own. Uh, oh, so yeah, my, my, 
<laughs> Michigan yeah. zone. He, Michigan? Uh, he transferred from Baylor, I think. Baylor. He's, He's in Michigan. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. All right. So next race, 1530 women's race. You have, an, again, it's kind of similar to that men's race where you kind of have a hodgepodge of current um, college athletes and like first year, second year collegiate, post collegiate athletes. Look at this name. So you have Haley Herberg, who's at Washington. Um, Grace Barnett at Clemson. Uh, Sarah Vaughn's in that race. Uh, Ali Shadler. Olivia O'Keefe. Fiona O'Keefe's younger mm -hmm. sister. Taryn O'Neill, NAU. So you have some NAU action in this race. Again, I, I don't know who's going to win. I think the winning time of this is going to be a 1540. If I had to wow, guess, you're, not, you're taking the over on all of these. What's going on? Yeah, taking the over. I'm taking the over on the the sub elite races. I just feel like you know, I don't know. I don't think they're gonna. The pacing on these races won't be as good as the pacing on the faster races. So yeah, I'm saying 15:40, maybe 15:39. I'll give you that 15:39, okay. and I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'll go with. Uh, get get Gabrielle Jennings. That's what I'll go with. Mm. Furman. Yeah, so. she's been a, she's been she's been good in the past. Um, I have a question. All these college athletes are are there schools paying for this? Who is funding no. all these college athletes being out? Are I they paying their own I, way? I think they're paying their own way. Uh, I mean, a lot of them are probably close by. A lot of these people, some of them are you know training in flag like the NAU athletes, but they're not. I don't this believe is an it's going to. Yeah, I don't know. I don't believe it's going to be the you know their parents buy them one two hundred dollar ticket for a Christmas gift. It's their Christmas gift from their parents. How about that? Is that, that is way. that how much plane tickets are these days? One hundred two hundred bucks. It's, what year is this? Nineteen eighty. Dude, it's cheap right now, dude. I just went mm. to I, I I just bought a flight to go home for Christmas to Newark, Austin to Newark is thirty bucks. Yeah, pandemic. <laughs> It does have uh, some effects on flying, I suppose. Yeah, so I think that it's not—it's actually not that bad. Um, but yeah, I, I did look into it before we get to the next races, but I do not believe any of these athletes will their marks count towards mm. NCAA like indoor qualifying, and they won't count well, as collegiate. They're all going to be running right. unattached, I believe. Yeah, everybody's going to be wearing their NXN uniform. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so uh i did ask that because when we talk about the next few races when we talk about collegiate record attempts and you know whatever like the nico youngs and luis Corhalvas of this world it's apparently not going to yep. count as any official ncaa record book so All do right. you have any thoughts on that 1530 race i don't um you know i think of sarah vaughn who made a world team in the 1500 a couple years ago she is a i mean she's coming back from a pregnancy uh, a couple years ago. So um, her name is interesting, even though the 5K, not necessarily her specialty, but, you know, as you, as far as athletes with the most experience, it's certainly her in that 1530 group. But, yeah, no idea who's really going to win. And I don't think that's too much. That's not lack of research. That's simply the fact of, well, maybe it's a little bit lack of research, but there's just been nothing going on, right? There's We have no idea who's going to be the fittest. There's just been so little racing domestically that it's it's just it's really you you are 
just pulling names out of a hat, I think, to, if you're if you're trying to guess. Now, this next race, I think we can deduce a little bit better who the favorites are. Yeah. This is when we're really starting to get into some of the A-level names. And by A-level, I mean we have the Olympic 1500-meter champion in this, Matt Centrowitz, no doubt running this as a training effort. But, uh, Gordon, interestingly, that he is in the sub-1330 race when there's a sub-1315 effort considering this man is a 13 flat 5k runner. What is Matt Centrowitz doing in the 1330 group instead of the 1315? Well, you know what he's doing? He's doing, he's doing something either before or after this race. Mm. That's what he's doing. He is turning it into a race simulation workout where he's going to put in a 1330 effort and then go off and do some two mile repeats or 200s or 400s or something after, or, you know, he's, it's going to be like what NOP does at the UW Invitational during indoors where they're running like two races and they're doing something in between or after. Uh, it's purely a workout purpose for yeah. Centro, if I had to guess. It's not like he's like, okay. I really want to break 1330, man. That's what I'm trying to yeah. do. He has nothing to prove. It's just a, hey, get to practice getting on the track in a race environment. You know, you ha might have to kick at the end. And then you get to go to do your second portion of your workout. That's what I think that that's purpose of him I is just there. would love to see him in a, I mean, I think he could still do that in a sub thirteen fifty race. I mean, how out of shape yeah. are we if we? You you've run thirteen flat like this. I understand this is like a glorified tempo. I mean, he should. I understand it's a long time until serious racing begins, but my goodness, I mean, come on, you run thirteen flat. Okay, uh, other big names in this. Obviously, Nico Young is here. Uh, this will be a, a big showcase for him and kind of a bounce back effort after running an 810 3K a couple weeks ago. Casey Klinger also in this one. I would be tempted, depending on how invested Centro is, if, if Centro is content to just kind of hang around and just get a workout in and Klinger is really like, I want to make a statement. I mean, I would almost have Klinger as uh, favorite 1B to Centro's 1A. I, I, think, I think this is his breakout race. What do you think? Yeah, I think Klinger's going to run well. Um, I do think there's still, I think there's a bunch of blend of other people. I don't think it's just a Nico Young, Klinger, Centrowitz type trio. I think. Well, I, I think don't think Cole Young Hawk, can be competitive, first off. I mean, I don't well, think Nico yeah. Young can be up front at all. I, he, he might. You never know. He's not breaking I mean, 1330. He's not breaking 1330. No, that's true. But he's going to be in the top eight, I think, maybe in the back half of that top eight. Uh, but yeah, this one some other interesting names. Cole Hawker, who just ran a, a, a good uh, time trial 3K with his teammate um, Cooper Tier. I think he ran. What like do you run? I didn't see this. Like 746, oh, maybe. Oh wow, 740 something. So he's going to look good. Jackson Sharp of Wisconsin ran well at the Wisconsin at the Indiana cross country meet. But then he got bumped up to the 1330 field. He's a Australian, I believe. So maybe he's the the next. This is his chance to be like, I'm the next Morgan McDonald. Um, Charlie Hunter's a good miler. Christopher Ollie, Elias Gideon, uh, Will Paulson, Andrew Jordan, Neville Bard, Cameron Griffith. Cameron Griffith might be the dark horse of the group, I think. Because he's pretty good. Cameron Griffith is a good miler. He's a good 5K runner. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, most of the names to kind of all blend together. I do think Klinger is probably the one who 
I'm most excited about, and I think will do the best because Klinger has like a big like he wants to. He's coming back from the the mission, right? So he's and he showed that he's in shape. He ran well at the Oklahoma State meet, but I think Klinger is kind of thinking, not really thinking like he's thinking like the college ways. Like, hey, I want to be a top three consistent guy these next few years in the NCA world, and this is his first chance to like race against NCA quality type competition. Whereas all the other guys are just a bunch of post collegiates who are just trying to be like looking for to like see if they got the fitness, right? Like none of these guys sure. are really Olympic trial, uh, like Olympic hopefuls in 2021, I would say. Like maybe, I would say most Matt. of them are really, well, obviously Centro, but like <laughs> I think most of them are really thinking like 2024, is the time where I'll be mm-hmm. the best I can be. And we're just all building up for that. And this is kind of just like, hey, we're post collegiates now. Let's let's run out. Let's do something fast. So yeah. yeah. Klinger, I think, is the one who has the most to run for because he wants to prove himself that he's fit back from mission. Young, that's the wild card with hey, is the American junior American record up for grabs i don't think it is based on his 810 mm-hmm. but i did talk to his coach he says that 810 is not indicative of his fitness it's more indicative indicative and in, i can't say that word indicative indicative. In, indicative of just like not being race sharp he t- he told me a workout he did uh like three days before that race that was like good he like did like eight or ten miles at in Buffalo Park, so at 7,000 feet at like a ridiculously good pace. So, hmm. Nico Young is good. He's not an 810 yeah. 3K runner. He's a lot better. Is he, though? You said mentioned American junior record 1325 46, I think, is German Fernandez's record from way back when. Um, so that that would be an awfully tough one to crack. All right, the next race, the fifteen, the 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 uh, fifteen ten women's race, only race on here, Gordon, that the winner has already been determined. Shelby Houlihan <laughs> in the field. She's run fourteen twenty three. She's the American record holder in the five thousand, also the fifteen hundred. She is the best athlete in this meet. Period. Um, how fast is Shelby Houlihan going to run in this? 1510 race is she gonna just hang around and then blow everyone's doors off the last 800 is she gonna try to run she's not gonna this isn't an american record attempt clearly because it is december we're not used to running outdoor meets in december but she also isn't gonna run 1508 what is some is the time in the 1440s to be expected like where how how do you view her what she's gonna do tonight in this 5000 I think she's going to run it like a race. I think she's not going to pull away until 600 to go. And I think I mean, she just wants like to walk in the park for her, though. Yeah, it is a walk in the park. But I think you just kind of want to, like, see how fast you can close in a championship-style race. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, her who's, like, the toughest competition? Okay, Kim Conley, who's At least Cranny. At least Cranny. I mean, at, least, at least Cranny's in there. Abby Cooper coming off of injury. No, no. Uh, Leah Fallen. No. Heidi C. The Flanagan no, sisters from it, Emily Lapari, maybe. You know, Emily Lapari is running a 5K. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's, there's it's no one really in her league. Yeah, it's really yeah, I think Cranny. Yeah, Cranny and Houlihan. Maybe this is like. Yeah, I don't even know what to think. 
Heather Camp. I didn't know she's still going. She's still she's still mm. at it. So, I feel like she's always um, got a bunch of like mile road races. She's like the queen good of road the miler. Good road miler. There's there's decent money in road miles. I, I give her props for chasing those. Um, yeah, I, I expect a little bit more out of Houlihan. I think she'll get antsy and and you know, um, I think her presence will make the race faster as a whole. I just think it's it's hard to get out there and run 15, 10 pace. I mean, it's not like she's with a teammate. She's not pacing a teammate to try to get a standard. Cranny's already run in the 1440s. It's not necessary for that. Um, I know it's, you know, they're still going to be bid, bid, building up. I'm sure they're just in base phase right now in Portland. But I I, I, I tend to think this is going to be run in the, in the 1440s for her with just a fast last mile because she can't help it. She just cannot help it. She's too good. She's 1423. I, I look at this the same way that Centro's in the 1330 race, right? Centro's in a race that's 30 seconds slower than his PB, and that's what Houlihan's in. It's a lo lo even more slower. But, like, I think I think uh, Jerry was like, hey, I need to put you – I don't want to put you in – I want to put you in a race where it's very kind of far from your PR and you're doing something right after this. Like, I think this is – I think Shelby is – this is one of the segments of her – big track meet workout right yeah. uh and i think they need to get a second stream just following shelby and centro and show what they're doing before and after because that's gonna be the more impressive thing than whatever time they do in this race uh um, yeah yeah i mean yeah, yeah i think Houlihan is again i i don't think she's going to it's like 14 40 then you're running by yourself the entire time i just feel like she's going to want to run yeah i guess but then it's like, why you come all the way here if just the two of you could just do that by yourself? I guess. Yeah, that's why. That's why I'm a little bit more um, confident that it's going to be quicker. It's like, what? What is the point of? I mean, okay, so they haven't raced since July. Is that the point? Like, maybe they would be doing. You know, they didn't get to do any. Like typically, you know, the the New York City Marathon throws on like a a road five k. They didn't get, not that Houlihan's done that, but I mean, I think Centro's done it in the past. Like those types of like rust busting efforts, maybe that's what this is in place of. That's the only thing I can really think, think of that, because they're such a different, Cranny and Houlihan and obviously Houlihan herself are just in such a different class than the rest of this field that you have to wonder why they're here if they're just going to jog with everybody else and then kick. You know, I think I know exactly what they're going to run. Okay. I do tell. Hold on. It's going to be exactly like this race. It's going to be like the 2019 Sunset Tour. Where the it's going to be like the 2019 Sunset Tour where... I was there. You were there? Mm-hmm. Where the Bowerman women went 1-2-3. Chris Schreiser won 15-0-1. And they all ran yeah. like just fifteen zero, by himself. I think, I think, Cranny and uh, Shelby were both run fourteen fifty nine, fourteen fifty nine, fifteen zero one. And I think then they'll just go on and do a workout after. Okay. Well, at least we both think it's going to be sub fifteen. I, I at least need that out of this group. All right. Let's move on to the uh the main show on the men's side the sub 13 15 group uh headliners in this one drew hunter sam parsons and luis 
Grijalva. You also have Olympian Ben Blankenship stepping up a little bit in distance. And Cooper Tier. Don't forget about the Oregon star. He could uh, he could be a factor here. Grijalva is the name that I think a lot of people are looking looking at to possibly. It's tough to call him the favorite. Um, but I'm calling him the favorite because he beat Drew Hunter recently. He's just been on fire for like a year now. Um, are you confident that the Collegian's going to beat a lot of these pros? Yeah, I think Grijalva's going to win. Um, I think the question, I think he'll, yeah, I think Grijalva runs like 13. Eleven. People I'm trying to think of the number. They missed your your face there. You looked like that was really painful for you. Well, I was trying to come up with the, what it is. I like. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Figure, I'm trying to be a good betting man and come up with the great over unders. I think thirteen eleven is what the winning time is going to be. I think okay. Cooper Tier is probably going to run like thirteen sixteen seventeen. I think wow. Drew Hunter. I think Lu, I think Luis Grijalva is going to run away with it. I think it's not going to be close. I think mm-hmm. Blankenship will probably run like thirteen twenty something, uh, but yeah, I think I think Rahal is going to beat everyone by like fifty meters. Wow, that is I I don't I I think it's going to come down to a last lap for several people. Now we have Grahalva beating Hunter whatever it was a couple weeks ago in that 3k. So, I mean, that really helps the situation, put things into context. We know how fit Hunter is and by extension. Then we should know, well, maybe Parsons because he trains with them every day is right around that effort, that, that level. Jeff T these is a, is a um, Tenman guy, Brian Barraza as well. You know, those guys have typically been behind Drew Hunter. And so we do the, uh, transitive property we put Luis Grijalva ahead of all that group and then you then it comes down to do you think he's better than Cooper Tier and Ben Blankenship Blankenship's not really a 5k guy even though he can run it it, it feels like two college guys are, are could go one two here I, I I could be pretty confident in Grijalva and, and Tier in some order doing this I mean we're talking about Tier a guy who was on fire at the beginning of 2020 the same as Grijalva running 355 running uh, you know, anchoring his team to a collegiate record in the DMR. I think he's slightly underrated despite being at Oregon. Um, I could easily see these guys going one, two, and I just have seen more of Grijalva recently. So I'm, I'm inclined to pick him, but I could see it going the other way as well. Yeah. I just feel like a lot of these, these so, like Ben Blankenship, I think like he's going to run well, but I don't think Ben Blankenship is ready to be like winning a 5k race against like a, a 740 type guy right now. I know Ben Blankenship's mm-hmm. also can run in that round, but I feel like he's just not training for being race sharp in December in a 5K. Uh, I think he's just getting out to get fitness. So I, I think he's still going to run like 1320 something. But yeah, I think Gorhalva is just going to drop everyone. I just, for some reason, I have that feeling. I think Cooper Tier is the biggest wild card because we don't know him as much. Sure. We've been seeing more of Gorhalva. Oregon hasn't been running cross country. Um, and then Drew Hunter should still be in the mix, but none of the other names really pop out as anything. Yeah, that um, that there's not like another name. I think it's going to be a Grijalva, Hunter, Cooper, Tier, maybe Blankenship, and then the rest are kind of just going to be there. I feel like we do need to. <clears throat> there's a man named Joseph Tesema. Um, I recognize his name. I do feel like I need to chart his 
what is his 5k PR? Okay, he's run 13.22, which is outside of this. I don't know why I feel like he deserves. Maybe I'm confusing him with another person. You always feel, you you always say these things, and then you like, oh, I should have mentioned that guy, like Sam Adkin, former NAI NAIA dude who has Ches the Shore. Yeah, has beaten Chesrek. He ran 13.23 in in August at one of these sound running meets. He feels like a big big time sleeper. Um, I mean, so, so there's other guys in there. You know, so we don't want to just automatically assume it's going to be Grijalva, but man, Grijalva's just been doing so so well recently yeah. that it's tough to deny him. All right, let's move on to the 10Ks, and that pushes us onto Saturday evening. Uh, two heats for each gender: the women, the sub 32-25 group. I mean, this is a bunch of women who would be, I think, hoping to qualify for a U.S. Championships. Um, you do have Fiona O'Keefe though in this group. I, you know, not making her New Mexico debut, but running for the first time since transferring to New Mexico. The former Stanford All-American. Uh, other names of note in here, I guess Devin Clark of Arkansas, or for- formerly of Arkansas, or of Arkansas. Can't remember. Formerly um, Arkansas. Okay, there you go. Um, and I recognize some names, but nobody like pops out to this. Yeah. Uh, this is, this is the, the, um, appetizer to the, to the entree that'll be coming in the sub thirty one thirty group. Yeah. I think Fiona Keith, I, I talked to Joe Franklin, her coach. Uh, he said that she's fit. So be interesting okay. to see what she does. She's probably out there just to get a good effort and not ready for the thirty one thirty group. But if you kind of forget about sometimes it's kind of weird. We forget about certain athletes who don't have cross eligibility, but do have outdoor, indoor, or something like that, who transferred. Kind of like, you know, what's his name? Uh, who's the guy? Who, North Carolina, like Alex Osberg. You know, people oh, forget yeah. about him, but he's pretty good, right? So, uh, yeah, I'll be interested what she does. The next race, a uh, little more interesting. It's a sub twenty eight race for the men. Notable names I would say on here are um, Sydney Getabudi. Um, who hasn't oh. really put anything together much as a uh, as a post collegiate yet? Alex but George is pretty good. He's training with Tim. Alex George is pretty good. Former Arkansas guy. I think he's British. Um, Nico Montanez is in this race. Yep. Former BYU guy who has been doing good on the roads. Had to break out half marathon uh, in Houston. Um, I think the name I'm most excited to see here is Abdi Hamanur. Could have been uh, another NAU guy, but he, yeah. Abdi Hamid had a really good freshman year at NAU. I think, I think Abdi Hamid might win this race. And if he oh, does, wow. I mean, I think he's mo- in shape, right? I mean, who else? I don't, none of these names are really like Alfred Trelanga. We haven't seen Alfred Trelanga from Alabama in like two years. Is he in shape? A bunch of these guys Trey are Tenman. like, Tenman guy. Everybody's on Alpha Tenman Alpha is a Tenman guy? He's a Tenman guy. Really? According to the Instagram.com with him running reps with the group and wearing the old Tenman hat. Interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah I yeah. don't know. I think none, I, I think Abdi Hamid wins this race. And I think Mike is making sure he's in this race, so it gives him some confidence to be like, go in there, win this race, and then next year you're ready to be in that that that, that bigger group. Yeah, this is an interesting one because, yeah, I don't – even you have the confidence in Nur. I don't necessarily do. I think he was – I don't know. He kind of underwhelmed to me at that, that oh. Oklahoma State that Oklahoma State meet. Um, oh, they weren't trying, dude. I was there. They were just like, whatever. Okay. 
Well, sub 28 is awfully ambitious, I think, for this group. I think this is going to be closer to a 28-30 race, in my opinion. Yeah, sub I agree 28, with that. I, that, that. I don't see anybody here that's got 27 attached to their name. So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. This is just one where we don't really know who's what at any stage. We've got some pros that are from the roads, like you mentioned with Montañez. Uh, you know, you got some... Uh, Hanson's Brook Projects guys who've been running on the roads up in Michigan, racing on the roads. So it's it's really hard to know. Um, get a Bude. I mean, he's the guy that has that potential. You would think. I mean, somebody that ran in the 1330s as a freshman at at a Division two school, but it's been kind of slow going for him of late. So it's 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 real tough to know. Um, but it it will have my interest nonetheless, if only for the fact that it's not one of the later races. Man, some of these races that are 9:20 on on. West Coast time, I I got a four-month-old, man. It's tough for me to be up that late. Uh, we'll see, though. All right. The Yo, women's so, – right. okay, go ahead. For this women's one, there's one coming up. These, right, these men and women's 10Ks, I think, are the two best races of the entire meet, in my opinion. Agreed. Uh, Agreed. And in order to kind of break down how we're going to go through this race, I think what we should do is we're going to do a draft. We're each going to draft five women, and then we're each going to draft okay. five men. And then we're going to score it cross-country style. And whoever wins, mm. wins one. Uh, okay. Whoever wins has to uh, Postmates deliver a six-pack of beer to the I'm, I'm for it. I'm for it. Okay. My wife will love so, a six-pack showing up on our doorstep. Um, there not, you go. So, um, oh, you're confident you're going to win. All right. And the, the winning will be the lowest combined score, right? So okay. the drafting style uh, we each get to draft first and won the events. I'll let you decide. Do you want to draft first in the men's event or the women's event? The men's event, I want to draft first. Okay, so I'll draft first. Oh, that, that's smart, but damn it. I should yeah. not give you that option. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I'll go first in the in the women's event. So I get to draft, go first. Okay, go for it. With the number one overall pick. Stuff. Am I gonna do it? I think I might do it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna draft. I know you. You don't know. Who, do you know okay. who I'm gonna take? I think I'm gonna I, draft I think, Kira. Demato. I'm gonna. I'm gonna yeah. draft Kira Demato, Number one. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, no, it's not crazy because how well she's been running. Yeah. Not a year ago, you would have been like, "Who is that? What?" No, <laughs> it's a good pick. I mean, she's been on fire for six months. I 100% agree with that pick. That's who I would have gone. Um, she just had a 10, 10 mile American, right? I mean, this is someone who was like a real estate agent or maybe still is a real estate agent. I was a, recently, uh, it's, it's nuts. Her, her, uh, her ascent has just been crazy. Now, what is her 10 K PR is something I, I need to know because I know she ran a decent 10 K in the summer, but it wasn't necessarily fast. She ran 32, 33. So, I mean, this is going to be a big step up in time. I mean, I think she's capable, but you do have to believe that she's ready to lop off a big chunk of time off her PB. Yeah. I mean, she's run 1504 in a 5k. So that helps. Yeah. That, that does help. Yeah. I think if she wins this race though, which where I'm, I'm thinking she is cause I'm picking her. It's like, you have to start like consider, I mean, cause Kellen Taylor's in this race, uh, yeah. Stephanie Bruce, um, trying to think other notable like top six finishers in the 10k uh at usa's last year um mm -hmm. i'm not sure i don't remember all but like if you're beating colin taylor and and steph bruce if that happens like 
Kellen Taylor is a contender to get a top three spot in the 10K. Oh, and if Kira absolutely. can go out there and beat her in this race. That's huge. Yeah, it's the race for huge. life so far. Yeah, for sure. It's it's um, it's definitely a litmus test rest. The 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 biggest litmus test that she's gonna have all year. It's bigger than her ten mile American record temp. Bigger than her five k time trials. This is if she wins this, she will be in every ten k Olympic trials race preview that is written on all mm. the publications. I I ooh, that's she's can't wait for that. <laughs> words on the internet my name on the internet okay uh i am gonna go with kellen taylor for the number the number two overall pick third at usa's in 2019 she is as solid as they come she's running the 31s which i think is a big deal here uh yeah the veteran naz elite athlete that's who i'm going with who do you got for number three number three i'm going with wayne kaladi mm. Hmm. Okay. Going wild. Going with the collegiate. New Under Armour. Wearing that Under Armour kit. New Under Armour kit. Uh, I just, you know, she's the most known. I feel like uh, known. Like I know that she was running on all five cylinders, 10 cylinders, indoors. Cylinders? Off the end, a lot of cylinders. You know, one NCA in 2019. She's a, she, this would have, she would have been. We're like a few. This is when she would have been doing her BU uh, season opener, right? And if you mm -hmm. look at her projection of BU season openers in the 5K, she's run like 15, 20, then 15, 15, and then like 15, 13. So this is when she's ready to run good 5Ks. I think she's going to be ready to run a good 10K. That's mm. just my thought. Okay. Like it. Um, I'm going to go with Steph Bruce. Uh, who maybe hasn't been at her highest level, but you know, she runs with Kellen Taylor, their training partners every day. I have all the confidence that she will be in the top five. I'm picking her fourth. That's my just experiences is key here. Who do you got next? Like it. I just feel like a, someone I could pick could go, could be like top five, but then also can finish like 20th. Good. Cause they're, pick just, that like, they're not, well, they're just, because you don't know, like, are they in it or are they just yeah. in it? You know what I mean? Does that mm -hmm. make any sense? Yeah. <laughs> are they are they actually I, in it or are they just in, in the race? Well, the name's there, um, so you would think they're in it. All right. I'm going to go with – sorry. I know I'm taking too much time. Vanessa Frazier. Oh, come go back with, from injury. Come back from injury. Let's see what she does. Like, I'm going with Vanessa long, Frazier. Yeah. Like she had surgery. Um, we'll see. She was in a walking boot wait, for wait, a while. When, when did she get out? But why is she in this why is she she's ready to run in the 31 Yeah, I know it's very confusing. I can see this being a scratch. Um, but no, I know. I well, listen. Ooh, what, I, do we do, what do we do? What do we do with scratches? You just, you know, you owe me four six packs. We'll, we'll no, draft, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll draft. We'll, we'll draft seven. So we'll, we'll pick up the speed. So we'll draft seven just to ensure okay. that if people scratch, we still have okay. scores. All right, you okay. go. Uh, Sharon Lucchetti is my next pick. She won the 10,000, I believe, at the Sound Running event in the summer. She's a sleeper. Good pick. Okay. I'm going to go with uh, Rachel Schneider. Moving up in distance here. That's a That's a yeah. bold one. Um, okay. Gets a little tougher here. 
we've still got an Olympic champion on the board. Um, <laughs> Katie Izzo. That's a good one. She's trying 15-12 or like 15-13 or something ridiculous. I'm going to go with the Olympic champion, Gwen Jorgensen. There you go. Take her off the board. How many picks have we done? Have you done like five and I've done four? Or have I, I've done, you done five six? and you've done four. I've done five and you've done four. Is that it? Is that, I feel like I've done one. You did uh, Kellen Taylor, yeah. Steph Bruce, Sharon Lucchetti, Katie Izzo. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, oh, do, 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 do. Um, yeah, it's getting a little tougher now. Maggie Montoya ran a good 10,000 at, at, at the sound running event. I don't know if she's ready to run this fast, but she kind of feels underrated. I'll, I'll go with her. Good pick going off of previous sound running events there. Yeah, I only, you know, people, people, they need that sound running experience. That's, I, I like that. I like that in my, my picks here. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Alicia Monson. Ooh. A known commodity, known name. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 10,000 for me. Experience, but yeah. Um, I will take Natasha Rogers. Ooh, I was going to go next. Oh, that's a good one. Former trials runner up, although that's been eight years ago, but. Natasha Rogers has been, she likes quits and then she comes back and then she quits again and she comes yep. back. It happens. That's what, that's what you do. All right. So with my final pick of my track meet, uh, for all the beers competition, I'm going with. You know what? I think this woman is going to see her boyfriend smoke the rest of the field 24 hours prior, and then she's going to have that confidence to go out and do the same. Going with Ellie Hines of NC State. Um, I see. He's dating Louis Grohler, for those who don't know. There you go. I got, I'm going uh, with a lot of college kids. Big report. Um, I, I think we ignored a, a key athlete here, a sub-32 athlete. Uh, Sarah Pagano has run 31-51 and was sixth at USA's last summer. Um, last, last summer. That is, a, that is a steal in my seventh round, Gordon. I like it. So to recap, you have Kellen Taylor, Steph Bruce, Sharon Lochetti, Katie Izzo, Maggie Montoya, Natasha Rogers, and Sarah Pagano. And I have Kier D'Amato, Wayne Kalati, Vanessa Frazier, Rachel Schneider, Gwen Jorgensen, Alicia Monson, and Ellie Hines. Ooh! So All right. that is the first round. So time for okay. round two where you get to pick first. This is the men's race. Oh, the men's sub-27-30 yeah. race. A lot of big names in this one, but I think the first pick is obvious. It's safe. It's down the fairway. Um, it's Edward Cheserek. Ed Cheserek. How fast do you think he runs? Um, let's see. He ran... 20 about 2740 in the summer let me let me get the exact time for what he ran during the summer uh 2742 and i think he was jogging i think he runs in the i think he's gonna go for the olympic standard i'll, I'll say he runs 2720 2720 i like it yeah um where do you, where do you think he's sta- i mean he's is he he's gonna be a kenyan is that what the plan is it's hard to tell. He doesn't like the question, and so it's it's always up in the air. I, 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 I it would seem like it, right? I mean, we're months away, yeah, um, from 
the Olympic trials. I mean, that he would have to, this was something would have to have to have changed in my eyes. And I, um, so I, I think he's going to be Kenyan. Yeah. But I don't yeah. know if he's going to be able to get on the team. That's going to be tough. Right. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, if you're running 27, 20, I mean, you're definitely in the mix. No, I mean, the closer you get to 27 flat, the more the, you're yeah. one of the top people in the world. So he's competing for Kenya. Um, if he's us based and not extraordinary relative to people they already have, I, it, um, I just think he's going to be left off, but we'll see. I mean, he's still fun to watch and he's the favorite here. So I'm having a trouble yeah. here with my second pick with my first pick of this round, because I want to pick someone, but I'm not sure if you're going to pick him next round. I know who I definitely want, but I don't know if I want to risk not picking him because you might pick him. Yeah. Do you yeah. know who I'm thinking of? Do you know who I'm thinking of? I mean, Hillary Bohr. Okay. I don't think you're thinking. Of, all right. I'm going with Tyler Day mm. with hopes that you don't pick the person that I actually want. Tyler Day, I think he is, you know, was on fire last year or, yeah, last winter. Um, and I think Tan K is his bread and butter. I think that's where he's going to thrive the most. And I think he's going to be really confident going into this race. And I think he's going to run in that mid 27 range as well. So Tyler Day is my first pick. Now here's okay. me hoping you don't pick the person I wanted. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I'm just gonna do it just to just to troll you. Um, I'm going Wesley Kip too as my next pick. Damn it! Oh gosh. Did you know that the whole time? Were you lying to me with the Hillary yeah. Bohr pick? Oh god, you, damn it! You showed your hand. Obviously, this is a huge. I mean, not there's no risk involved here, but this guy is just at Iowa state for a few, a few months, a year or so. And he's just run a few cross country races, but the hype around him is higher than it was for Edwin Kurgott. Uh, he's run decent times on the track, even in, in junior college. I, I think he's going to explode for a big one here and, and, and run in the 27 thirties. Yeah. Damn it. That's who I wanted. I should have done it. Would you have picked in Tyler day next? If I took Kip to no, no. Dang it. So I could have had Kip 2 and Day. Gosh. Yeah. All right. Another – another. Uh, uh, yeah, I think Kip 2 might win. I think Kip 2 is going to – I think Kip 2 is – I don't think he's going to win it, but Kip 2 is going to put people on notice. I think, like we said, we've been hearing – like Dave Smith thinks Kip 2 is like unreal, unreal fast when he's seen him race run twice now because they raced the Jamboree and then again at Big 12s. And he says he's, he's a real deal. He's good. So I'm jealous he got that pick, but I got to move on. I got to pick him up, by, pluck him up, lift him up by my bootstraps. What's the phrase? I don't know. All right, I'm going to go with uh, Pat Tiernan as my number two pick. And say champ. Pat Tiernan. Yeah, I, that's I'll fine. Be interested to see uh, what he, when's the last time he's raced? It's been – I just don't remember. Uh, I mean, when's the last time anyone's raced, really? But it's kind of – kind of, he was in the U.S. collegiate system, so we saw a lot of them. But then once he went pro, it's kind of been off, off the mm -hmm. grid a bit. Um, For sure. Did he run at Worlds? He ran at Worlds, right? I don't, I don't remember him being there in 2019. I don't think he did, but we can check. Um, he's been, he ran a half marathon in October. Um, 
Gosh, but he's run 27-29. That's been over three years ago, though. Um, old. No, he did run. He ran in Doha. He ran in Doha. I just didn't make the final. Um, okay. And he ran 27-31 last year. It's a good pick. I mean, that's a that's an excellent uh, round. What are, you, what are you on? Round two now? Yeah, I got him in round two. So yeah. round three okay. is now up. And who are you going to take? Um, I'm going to go with Germa Machezo. Definitely a sleeper, but he ran pretty well against Cesarek uh, back in August. Former Oklahoma State uh, star. Yeah, that's a good pick. Um, it's a really good pick because you didn't pick the guy who I wanted, and that mm. is the the number two punch of the one-two Oregon duo, Eric Jenkins. Mm. Okay. Uh, I think I'm excited to see what he does. He been dealing with some injuries, right, and slowly getting himself back. I think maybe he's reckon maybe he's recognizing that the 10K is a a bigger opportunity than maybe the 5K. Maybe he looks yep. and he sees, you know, Chalimo and all these other guys running 13 flat, and maybe Jenkins is like, hey, maybe my way to get on the Olympic team is through this 10K. And he's going to put a lot of pressure, a lot of focus on getting that standard. So I'm going with Eric Jenkins. Okay. Um, I am going to take. This gets a little harder now. Um, I'll take Joe Klecker. I think it's his first 10K uh, on the track, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. On running star. Did he run a 10K like a Pac 12s or something? No, I guess no. He hasn't. He's never run 10,000. So. I think this could be a really good distance for him. I'm kind of surprised he didn't take to it earlier in college. Just so good in cross country and good on the track, but you know, ten thousand is much more attainable as a national title than the five thousand has been. But, anyways, I think this would be a distance he takes well too. I like that pick. Um, do you think Joe Klecker is going to try to enter the ten k at the trials, or do you think this is just like a fitness type thing? No, I think he'll run the five. I I, I mean, I guess it would depend on which event he's got a better chance, you know, if hitting the standard for, but I would still think that's a 5,000. Um, but, I, you know, he may not hit the standard either, but I still think he'd be a 5,000 yeah. meter runner. I don't see that changing too much. I mean, maybe with, if you think Ritz is his coach, more of a distance guy, maybe he's get or he gets the encouragement to move up. But I, I think it's a little early in his career for for that for somebody who has the mile speed that he has okay so for my pick um round four pick i'm gonna go with bia simbasa yeah i think uh i don't know i I think he had he had a good breakout run was it 2017 18 where he ran well I forget what it, there was a year when he was like in the mix at the U.S. champs in the 10K with like Chalanga and all those people, but I don't know. Anyway, all right, I'm going with Bia. Let's. This is this has gone way over <laughs> this podcast. I will round up quickly. Hillary Bohr is my fifth Hil- round pick. Hillary Bohr taking a steepler. Okay, Hillary Bohr. I'm going with Alex Masai, the Hofstra wow. man. I'm going with him. All he right. won the, uh, yeah. the he won the road 10k at the 
Northeast Regional and Cross Country. Remember that? Vaporflies. Cross Country and Vaporflies. Uh, I will take BYU's own former star, Connor McMillan, who I think he was fourth at USA's, maybe third at USA's last summer. Sleeper big time here uh, as my sixth round pick. I'm going to go with Sam Chalanga. He's still on the, he's still on the board. Who would have thought Sam Chalanga on here, the board? Is it, is it 2010? No, it's 2020, baby. Crazy oh, things yeah. happen. Uh, yeah, but Sam right. Chalanga. Final round pick, another sleeper. I'm going Frank Lara. Frank Lara, who I think run, won a road race. He got upgraded when a guy got busted for doping. He's the sleeper. I like, I like sleepers that. here. I'm going with my – so the ultimate person who I know I can guarantee to get eighth place is Robert Brandt. He's always good to get in eighth place in like elite races. He's did it all all this time in NCAA championships. Always gets eighth or seventh. But I'm going to not do that because I'm going to go with the bigger wild card. I'm going with Reed Buchanan. Reed Sorry. Buchanan. I'm so excited by that pick. My computer fell off. Um, okay, Pan Am. I think a Pan Am medalist. Reed Buchanan. Sorry, my leg fell asleep. I had to move it. Um, okay. Solid. So I'll, I'll recap the teams. You have yes. Chesrek, Kip2, Machezo, Klecker, Bohr, McMillan, and Frank Lara. I have Tyler Day, yes. Patrick Tiernan, Eric Jenkins, Bia Simbasa, Alex Masai, Sam Chalenga, and Reed Buchanan. We're going to score this meet. Winner gets some beer sent to them. It's going to be great. Uh, I, think I, I think I have the best team, both on the men's and women's side. I think you're going to get trounced by my, my, I my always roster. Lose bets with you so i assume i will lose this one as well all right that will do it for us thanks for listening to this extra long episode flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com is our email for myself and gordon we will see you back here on monday